What's going on, everybody? It is your favorite apostates again. We are back, and we are back with a promise video. First off, I'm McKay. And I'm Jordan. And uh, this weekend, I painted my nails for Halloween. Black. I so, painted them. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan painted them. I've only painted nails one time, and that was when Jordan was pregnant, and she couldn't reach her toes. So <laughs> I needed them painted before I gave birth, because yeah. I thought that was important. So I just thought I'd address that. So trigger warning for um, people whose masculinity is fragile. My nails are painted black. Oof. Oof. Anyhow, um, the promise video, of course, that we're talking about is talking about Norp and South on YouTube. Um, this is a family vlogging channel. Their shtick is that they're a traveling family of 11 people. Um, they've got 272,000 subscribers, and they upload very frequently. Um, we started, of course, on uh, last week, the um, kind of Mormon influencers series, I guess you could call it, that we wanted to start talking about um, what's going on with these Mormon influencers and kind of what does that mean in the public, or I don't even really know. What, How do they all, that? they all are similar, they all are different, there's some, we've got some circles going some on with lots of overlap, Oh yeah, and then there's the overarching question that we get all the time, which is, why are there so many Mormon influencers, and why are there so many Mormon family bloggers? So by doing this series, we're hoping that we can answer that question and kind of dive deeper into all these Mormon influencers. But when we started diving into North and South, and when you guys started telling us about them, we realized that they needed their own video. So here we are. Yeah. From what I can tell, just off of like a very basic search, there is like nothing controversial that comes to the top at YouTube. Other or just than a like basic gossip search. forums. Yeah. Or... But like not on YouTube. Nobody no. really has spoken about this. So no. we wanted to talk about it because I came across this channel and I was like, uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so. So let's talk about who these people are for a minute. We have the two parents. We've got Megan and Michael. And they have four of their own children and five adopted children. And I'm not going to name them. Um, so <laughs> the first thing somebody sent me when I asked about these people was a Daily Mail article, which obviously let's preface this with Daily Mail is not the most reliable, and we know that. Yeah, obviously we're not going to. It's not church. But it's sure. funny because the title of this article is Couples Reveal They've Been Accused of Child Abuse for Taking Their Nine Children Out of School to Travel the World, but Insist the Kids Are All Geniuses in Their Own Way. Okay. So. I mean... <laughs> I understand you're a parent. You love your kids. I love my son. I think he's a genius. Do I really think that he's a genius? Probably not. <laughs> he's smart. Sure. So in response to this article, Michael, the dad, said they're participating in what they call unschooling. So we have public school, homeschooling. And then unschooling, okay? This was a phenomenon that I had not heard of until we discovered them. And I used to teach in public schools, so this was this was new information yeah. for me. Jordan Jordan graduated with her bachelor's in education. Special education. Special education. Um, in 2018. This is like, and she didn't even hear about it, so. No, this is like bizarre. So I'm sure there were people doing this, but I've never heard the term unschooling. Um, so they say unschooling is about child-led learning and learning about something they have interest in. Um, and apparently they get a mixed bag of comments. A lot of people excited about what we're doing and then other people saying that we're ruining our children's lives. So they say in this article that they don't follow any curriculum. They don't force anything on their kids. They they call their ways radical. Um, so, and they say they've been accused of not preparing their children for real life, which is an argument that I'm 
going to probably get into a little bit later. But there's your intro and the travel. The travel plays a big piece in this, and, and that's why I think they're so enticing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's why the the bucket list family has a lot of followers because I just look at their shit and I'm like, wow, I would love to go travel to all of these extravagant def- uh, destinations. Yeah. Um, that's only one part of the pie, obviously, is, wow, they're traveling. They've got a bunch of kids. They're not really in school. And they're like 100% willing to admit that, oh, this isn't school. Basically, this is unschool. Well, they've been all over the place. They have all kinds of travel vlogs. And so it is interesting because they have great footage because they've been all over. So there's this combination of family vlogging and travel vlogging happening here, Mm -hmm. which I think is making this kind of interesting combination. Yeah. Travel vlogs, great. I love to see people going to other places. But this is uh, combining some child exploitation in there, um, and especially to an extent that is very, very out there, because they have a daughter who is adopted with Down syndrome. So, beginning this conversation comes with a lot of disclaimers, okay? And I'm going to give them to you now. So, first things first, when it comes to language... We have two options when referring to people with disabilities or disabled people. When I was in college, the kind of transition was being made into person-first language. So saying a person with Down syndrome or a person with autism or a child with a disability. So instead of saying disabled child, we're putting the person first. There are some people who don't prefer it that way. And so... We have to acknowledge that as well. And I think the perception of that comes with people having some kind of negative connotation with the word disabled. And disabled isn't a type of dirty word. It's not something negative. And so it's okay to say that someone is disabled. When you're referring to someone or speaking with someone who has a disability, it is okay to ask which way they would like to be referred to, especially if you're going to be speaking about them in a different context, like an education. Like when I'm speaking, when I was teaching and I'm speaking about a child, like with their parents or in a team meeting with other coworkers, I'm going to refer to that child in the way that the parents want me to, or the way the child wants me to. So we'll probably use both. I'm a lot of person-centered because that's the way I learned it and that's what I used when I was teaching the majority of the time but we will make the caveat that both are okay (laughs) and so we're not just using one or the other and there's nothing wrong with saying that someone is disabled there's nothing wrong with saying disabled child just to get that out there (laughs) just so we make that perfectly clear okay so yeah um they have a daughter she has down syndrome And she is 12. I want to make it a point as well. It is a bad thing that I, in the last video, referred to her as I just was approximating her age and thought 10. And bless this person's heart. I know they were meaning well. But somebody commented and knew her exact birth date, month, day, and year. That is not okay. (laughs) That kind of thing doesn't fly. I, I'm, we're not even going to say her full name. We're just going to use the letter E to abbreviate her name. That way we can... Y'all know who she do is. exactly but... not what they're doing. So, one, that whole birthday piece, which is something we're not really going to dive into, but it's kind of... Pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious that when you put your kids on the internet... We've talked about the dangers of family vlogging before, but this is perfect example number one of why it's dangerous to put this kind of information out there they do birthday videos and they tell us how old their kids are so any idiot can put those two things together yeah and then we start getting into things like identity fraud and things of that nature that's common and when you're giving people children's birth dates and that kind of information it's dangerous it's flat out dangerous and especially when we're dealing with vulnerable people so, numero uno, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. It's, yeah. And you don't, if you really want to set your kids up for failure, you're just going to 
video everything about them. Oh, any possible security question? Oh, well, I could just go and watch the video where they went to school. Oh, yeah, there's the school mascot. Or there's, you know, People, that's a lot of information that is just out there on the internet of your children that could be taken and used against them. So There are icky people in the world, and your job as a parent is to protect your children from those people. And I'm not saying that all family vloggers are being preyed upon by crazy people, but we've seen it. Bonnie Holing had but just a <laughs> random person come to her house and be like, hey, I'm a fan of yours, and I've seen your kids go to school. Like, no, That's don't do this. Creepy. That's creepy, and it's going to happen to It's the same thing with people like Jess Fam, who have people come up to them, and they're like, oh my gosh, I know you and your kids, and I watch them all the time. It's dangerous. Don't do this. You're putting your kids in danger. And at one point, it is going to cause yeah. some kind of tragedy. At one point, it will. It's bound to. Yeah. People get swatted and things like that. Don't open the door to things like that. Don't show people your house. No. Don't show people the layout of your house or ease bedroom. Your kids and what that looks like. Sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... It's just dumb. So, we understand that people have watched family vloggers and it does have value to people because a lot of people grow up in situations where they don't have two parents in the home. They don't have parents who love their kids or, or things like that. So I understand that it does seem alluring, but for these kids, it is not a good thing. And exploiting their stories and all these things for money is just a bad thing. So, so let's dive into when they first adopted the child with Down syndrome, because... The other bizarre thing is they a lot of family vloggers do this is they've done a video about each of their children. So E is no exception and there is a video about her and there's a particular we watched it and there's a particular clip in this video that I want you to watch and then just slowly take it into your brain and think about it. So let's roll it. Not, not that we should want to scare anyone out of adoption, but you should understand that it's hard for the child. It's not like you are, they recognize you as their savior right out, out of the gate. It's not like you are, they recognize you as their savior right out, out of the gate. Okay, so I guess they're more than just parents to these kids. And uh, maybe, maybe he slipped up and that's not what he meant to say, but it seems... It's on the internet, so guess what, Pretty obvious <laughs> that... Uh, these people have a savior complex to these kids, and I don't think that is really, um, I, I don't know. The fact that they're from, their kids are from China also, White savior makes complex, a little, yikes. Uh, yeah, a little more yikes. Um, if that's the kind of attitude yeah. you have about adopting children... You need to do, like, you need to go inward. Maybe just do a little inventory. And do some work. Because, because that's not appropriate. Not at all. That is deeply troubling. Or that they need to be saved. And you're doing a good thing. That, yeah, the fact that they you think they need to be saved. And by no means, by no means are we saying that people who adopt children are bad. I mean, obviously, it's a positive thing to adopt children the majority of the time. And so that's not the argument that we're making. The argument that we're making is when you adopt a child and it inflates your personality so much that you consider yourself a savior, that's the problem. Major problem. When you have that much grandiose personality and thoughts about yourself that you think you were God's gift to this child, nope, we ain't doing that. Yeah. So that w was extremely troubling that he just rattled that off so easily and it's still up. That was from five years ago. So another thing there. relating to the adoption piece, I've been I didn't want to dive too deep into these into these people on my own because that takes time and this is annoying because they suck. So a lot of you sent me information, but a lot of you have been watching these people like for a long time. And so one of you in particular sent me a lot of information and talked about how there's a very obvious difference in how they treat their biological children and how they treat their adopted children. So like the example that I was given was sometimes like the oldest got a trip to the beach and a trip with the parents to Iceland when he turned 18. 
And then their other son, who's adopted, turned 18, didn't get a trip, and is now on a mission. And then hmm. the other oldest, who's now 18, who's adopted, no talk of a trip. Um, and things like when their biological children want something or want to start pursuing an interest or a hobby, they'll buy them whatever they want. But they couldn't even buy one of their adopted daughters a prom dress. She wore an old dress of her mom's. Hopefully out of, I want to wear your dress, mom. That's probably going to be everybody's argument. These people have money, you guys. Close to a million dollar net worth. That's what the internet says, okay? So (laughs) they can splurge for a prom dress, okay? a couple hundred. (laughs) If my mom... If my mom was like, Jordan, you're going to wear the dress that I wore 20 years ago, 30 years ago to prom, I would be like, I'm not going. No way. (laughs) That's horrifying and super embarrassing. So I feel like that's not every 18-year-old's hope. I don't think that's how that goes, but yeah. Um, it sounds based on what I'm gathering from what you guys are telling me, it sounds like the parents push a lot on these kids and make it appear like they're making their own decisions and have control over their decisions because they say they didn't have any control over their decisions prior to when they were adopted. But it seems to me like they still make a lot of decisions for these kids and these kids just go along with it because they don't like when it comes to wearing your mom's dress if she's really forcing it on you, you're yeah. not going to be like, no, mom, I'm not doing that. I mean, you might, but it's bizarre. A little bizarre. So the other part about the money thing that we need to address is they've got internet declares them, what, a million net worth is what you said? Uh, Close to, I think. Okay. I don't know if it was over. So the reason partially for this is because they're deep in doTERRA. <laughs> deep. So, (laughs) as of 2019, they were diamond level, which is 200 to 400,000 a year. So, as a reminder, doTERRA is a multi-level marketing company. Multi-level marketing company differs from a pyramid scheme in that, or a Ponzi scheme. I think pyramid and Ponzi scheme, there's no product. Um, Ponzi scheme is more, it's, it's an investment or whatever, and... Anyway, but the difference is uh, an MLM actually has products, but when you sell the products, you make less than if you get people on your team and in your downline is the, the terminology that they use that. So Megan has amassed enough people on her team that just by all the people below her selling, she's making a two hundred to four hundred dollar, uh, two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar commission every single year. That's on top of whatever she's selling, mm-hmm. which is insanely expensive. <laughs> they have it on their website, just like three bottles of their stupid oils and this one in like a starter cream kit. that smells way too f-ing powerful. I it like literally you put it on and your whole house smells like eucalyptus, which I don't like. It's true. Um, that's like a hundred dollars. These starter kits that they're like, yeah, starter, you're talking two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars. Like I think the most expensive one that she has on her website is four hundred and eighty-five. Holy shit. So these aren't cheap by any means. Plus, we're talking about essential oils. So the other piece of this with this family is if you didn't know, doTERRA is essential oils. That's their whole Yeah. That's their whole shtick. All their products are essential oils or essential oils based like lotions and things of that nature. So on their website, it literally says that they use essential oils to treat 95% of any of their health or medical concerns. 95%. Okay. 95%. That's a lot. So doTERRA is super popular in Utah. And I ran into it. It's based in Utah. It is. I ran into it a lot when I was teaching, like to the point where... If a child would come to me with saying that they had a stomach ache and I called parents to let them know, they would say, pull out this essential oil in their backpack and have it have them rub it on their stomach. No, that's not healthcare. I'm not doing that. (laughs) First of all, it's not legal for me to do that. 
And I can't, teachers can't administer any type of medication. So. And let me get this straight. We're not dogging on aromatherapy or anything like that, because certainly there are some effects that it can have. But the applications that they're endorsing for these oils, the only science that backs ingesting essential oils is the science that the doctors hired by doTERRA have put out there. Literally, if you look anywhere else and say, is it safe to ingest essential oils? You won't find any place that's not selling essential oils that says that it's safe. And if you do research on essential oils and their actual effects, there's been lots of studies done with essential oils compared to a placebo. And y'all, it ain't doing anything for you. Okay. So... You can disagree with us on that, and that's fine. Do your own yeah. research. Send me sources. That's great. But if they aren't peer-reviewed, and they aren't science-based, and they aren't done by physicians or a medical <laughs> journal, yeah, don't waste your time. So, If it makes you feel good, great. It's not healthcare. It is, no. It it's is not extra. to be treated. It's not a substitute, it's not a substitute for medical care for your children. Okay? So... Somebody also mentioned to me, and I couldn't find this, and I think they said it was because it was an Instagram story. At some point, Megan talked about using essential oils for adult activities. Y'all, don't put that shit down there. Don't. Don't. (laughs) That does not sound like a good time. We're talking about potential chemical burns, and again, that stuff's not meant to be ingested. And that doesn't just go for up here. Okay, so if you need to hear that today, (laughs) don't put those things down there. Yeah, especially we don't need to get into talk off your pH balance. Exactly. We don't need even like we're not even going to address that. But there nothing needs to go in there in order to maintain cleanliness or anything of the sort. And there are other products that are safe to put down there if you're going to be using adult times. Yeah. There are other products. So don't, and even natural products. You don't need to use an essential oil for that if you want something natural. So just a tangent that apparently we need to address. Obviously, we didn't see that one. Allegedly, it was just part of a story that's gone. That's gone now. So either way, it's funny. I I hope that's not true, but yeah. Let's roll the other clip that we have, and then we can kind of, I want to dive into the conversation of unschooling and special education in Down syndrome and how they all intertwine. Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Carl would have made a good minor. Come on. (laughs) It's not scary. Don't worry. It's fun. There's only a few vampires. He's like, I'm out of here. Eve's not sure about this. Come on, Eve. Hey, wait for us, guys. Let's stay together. We don't oh want to get gosh, lost in the mind. Right? Oh my gosh, Weston's kids will run. This feels this. like a like an old timey sort of movie set. Right here, huh? Evie's usually skittish about coming into dark places. Okay, come here. I'll hold your hand. It'll be good. Wait, come here. You should video this. I can carry you. I'm gonna hold your Upside hand. Down. Yes. Okay. No, you, you can't. No, you see how short it is. You'll get hit on the head. I can carry you. What? First impressions of this video. I am uncomfy for a few reasons. So I'm uncomfy with any type of exploitation of a person with a disability. I'm especially uncomfy with this type of exploitation when it is with a child who can't consent who can't give informed consent um, and who actually might be unable to understand the consequences or ramifications of what sharing this type of footage on the internet can have. Yeah. And that goes for any child, not just children with disabilities, yeah. but any child doesn't have that point. ability. But when we're talking about a child with a, with a disability and I don't know this child, I don't know their academic profile. I don't know the origins of where they came from or, you know, when diagnosis happened or details. I don't have any of that information. 
But I do know in a lot of cases, especially with a child, they're not going to be able to explain to her what the ramifications of sharing this stuff on the internet will be. No one really knows because, I mean, this stuff, family vlogging has only been around for, I mean, a little more than a decade. And then reality TV shows are starting to, like with families like this, are starting to have their issues very slowly in a very public way. So these these people don't even know what's going to happen down the line. This is also a vulnerable moment for this child. And I was surprised that even some of the people that are usually typically their, you know, their stand people, right? Um, I was surprised that some of them commented on this video and said, I felt so bad for her. Like, you guys were, she was scared. And then Megan's making noises and trying to make it scarier. And then Mike is downplaying and not validating her feelings in any way, shape, or form. And then Megan just walks away, and then Mike's in va- like totally minimizing and not validating her feelings, and their other son has to come in and intervene, and she appeared to be more comfortable with her brother than with her father, at least in that moment. But that was a vulnerable moment, and I don't exactly like how she was taken in there anyway. But do we need to see that? No. Like, do you need to share that? that. Like, I was kind of surprised that they that that made it in their video. That it, yeah, I they should have cut it. And people will be like, "Oh, it's so easy to criticize people when you're not in their shoes." Yeah, it's way easy when you put it on the internet. I wouldn't have shit to say if I never saw that. So, if you don't want to be criticized, obviously, be my guest. Take it off the internet. Don't worry about it. Well, and then they kind of made fun of her at the end when they were like, oh, my gosh, you were scared to come in and now you're scared to go out. Like, you shouldn't do that to any child. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's not appropriate to do to any child. It's pretty much, I mean, it's mean. Like. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, gentle and responsive parenting. But validating your kids' feelings are important. (laughs) And when they're scared letting them know that they're okay and that you're with them is much more important than being like, Oh my God, get it together. Let's go. Just because your other eight kids are like running, running ahead. Yeah. You have the other parent over there. You can take the time to get on her level and connect with her and tell her that things are going to be okay. And that's okay to be scared. I don't want to go in a really dark mind either. (laughs) Like, especially as a 12 year old. Yeah. And we don't know what her cognitive abilities or where she's at. And so that might be really intimidating for her for more than one reason. So and any potential trauma, I don't know at what age that they adopted her. That's something else to factor into this. So overall, rubbed me the wrong way. Not a fan. Not a (laughs) fan. Not a fan. So we also watched some of their videos where they were in the RV when all 11 of them were in the RV. 11 people in an RV. Which I got to hand it to him to, for being able to do it. Because if the three, like if my husband and son and I were in an RV, we would kill each other. Like nobody can be in such a small space <laughs> for, for an extended so period of time. And in, especially with 11 people. Like these kids don't have room to breathe in that RV. No. Like, it was the craziest thing. I don't know. And then they're, like, cooking in there and doing, And there's like kids everywhere. The outlet dance where they have to... They don't even have enough plugs to cook for all of them efficiently. And some kids are talking and they need mom and mom's doing a million other things and they're feeding themselves because apparently they don't feed them some of the time and tell them to do their own thing, which I guess is appropriate some of the time. But they have some younger kids where I feel like that's not... Yeah. The most appropriate. Your 16-year-old can get himself a bowl of cereal. But, you know, there are other kids who need a little help. So True. So, unschooling. So, the whole gist of this thing 
is that, you know, it's child-led and it's allowing them to pursue their interests and get, like, educated somehow along the way. If you, and I am not going to shit on homeschool parents, so before you get your panties in a wad, undo them and listen to what I have to say. Coming coming from an, a teacher, a school teacher, she knows just how hard it is <laughs> to yes. teach kids. And there are studies out there that say some homeschool kids perform better than kids in public school. And I don't doubt that. If you are a dedicated parent and you have the time and the effort and the energy and the passion to do homeschooling, I throw my support behind you 100%. But that takes a lot of effort because you are doing a ton of things. You are doing multi-subjects, multi-faceted approaches. You're doing social skills. You're doing life skills. And then you're having to provide opportunities for them to socialize and things of that nature. And so homeschooling is a lot. And sometimes it works and sometimes it's appropriate. And sometimes your kids kick ass in homeschool. And this whole like homeschool kids are weird and unsocialized isn't true anymore. And so we're seeing an evolution of homeschooling that is really beneficial for some kids. And I absolutely support that and throw my weight behind that. However, I don't think that's what's happening here. When you have a kid who does not have a disability, who does not need extra supports and accommodations, homeschooling is still hard. When you have a child with a disability who needs a ton of accommodations and a ton of academic support and a ton of services that likely here aren't being provided, that's even worse. So I know a lot of people shit on public school. I used to teach in a public school. There are definitely faults within the public school system, 100%. The whole system is effed, 100%. That doesn't mean that the information taught in public school isn't important. It doesn't mean that the teachers are shitty. It doesn't mean that the kids don't have positive and needed experiences in public school. So this whole idea that public school has no value and offers no benefits to kids, we're doing away with that shit right now because it's not true. School is important. School is important to a lot of people. And in this case, I don't feel like, especially, so here's, here's the gist of it with special education, okay? I have a degree in special education. I have an endorsement in profound and severe disabilities, which is likely the category to which the care for this child would fall under. These children need a ton of support and a ton of resources and a ton of services. Okay. A special education student is in a special education program for a reason. They're not placed all of the time, likely part of the time. In a regular classroom, they spend a lot of time with me because I'm directly attending to where they are at cognitively and academically and supporting them in that way. Special education is also free. They don't pay me. The parents don't pay me anything. Those services are provided to you for free. And those services also include things that she likely needs because of the nature of Down syndrome, like occupational therapy and speech therapy to name a few. And those services are provided by the school for free. I don't see those services if she hasn't, she hasn't expressly mentioned them and that's where people are going to come, come for me. Yeah. If you have them, just talk about them. Great. We're all under the impression that they don't exist, but sticking your child on an iPad and thinking that that's how they're going to learn things, especially when they have a disability You're fooling yourself. And ultimately, we have research about special education programs. And we have, my whole job as a special education teacher was to implement evidence-based practice. The only thing I did was evidence-based. And we know what the outcomes are for those interventions that I'm implementing with students with disabilities. She's not doing that. (laughs) She probably doesn't even know what those are. I have a degree in it. I know 
if you're putting your child, especially a child with a, dis- with a disability, in the trust of a teacher with a degree in special education, I know vastly more than Megan does. And I can say that with confidence. I don't know this child, and there's nobody that knows this child better than her parents. And I will say that. But from a professional and educational standpoint, this is concerning. Deeply concerning. Because this child likely maybe even hasn't been evaluated, hasn't had an educational evaluation, so hasn't been assessed for services to see if there is even a need. You don't know what services she needs unless they're being assessed by a professional to see if she needs them. She might need a whole hell of a lot more accommodations than you're providing because you're unschooling and public school has no value to you. And public school squashes creativity. Yikes. This is a large disservice to this child. Especially when we're talking about... it's a about, conscious choice. It is. And if you're going to be held accountable for that choice. Because this choice is going to have ramifications for you and this child for a very long time. Because here's essentially what it breaks down to. When you have a child with a severe and profound disability, especially like Down syndrome... The most important thing that we can do, especially in their later years, as they enter puberty, as they enter junior high and high school, one of the most important things that we can do is teach them life skills. These skills are skills they need in order to function in everyday society. This includes being able to recognize a stop sign, being able to recognize functional things around them, learning how to read. There are... Plenty of kids with Down syndrome who know how to read. And that didn't used to be the standard. Now it is. Now we have the research behind it and the evidence behind it. If we walk into this with the expectation that she's disabled and she's just not going to be able to do anything and it's limited and she's still working on such menial things, because the comments that I've been getting about this child is they're working on the same things with her in every single video for months. Mm hmm. Some of that needs to happen. But my concern going down the line is this is going to, they're not going to be providing her what she needs, especially if they ever, or if she ever could have the opportunity to have some independence, which is what we aim for with anybody with a disability is providing the accommodations and support needed to be independent. Because for many of them, that's easily something that can happen. And socially, people have infantilized people with disabilities for so long because they end up having to live with someone. And can you imagine how much better of a quality of life that they would have just with their self-esteem if they had that little amount of independence from other people? Yeah. It's helping people. Anecdotally, to add to what Jordan's been saying, like I said in the last video, My uncle has Down syndrome. He is in his 40s. And because of how shitty schooling was when he was a kid, he's only in his his 40s. He doesn't know how to read. My grandmother fought tooth and nail for there to be shit in the public schooling. A special education program. They didn't even have that. So people, these people are taking that for granted because... He didn't even get the opportunity to have that. And this girl, she has every opportunity in the world to have the quality of life that my uncle may have missed out on. So, and that's sad to me, honestly. I love my uncle. He's easily one of the funniest people that I know. He's a huge drama queen. It's, he's hilarious. I love him. But he probably could have had so much more if society wasn't so set back because of him. And we still have a long way to go. We live in an ableist society. We're by no means saying that everything is great now. However, we have so much more than we had. And there's so much that could be being provided to this child. And they're denying her that. They're denying her those opportunities. And care for care and education. The reason special education exists is because children with disabilities need that much individualized support. When you have 11 kids... Or nine kids. Nine kids, yeah. When you have nine kids, you can't give her the amount of support academically that she needs. 
That's just numbers. Like, I'm not even making an assumption. That's just numbers. <laughs> you have nine other kids to attend to. Some of them also have medical concerns that require attention and support. It's just not possible to provide the academic support that she needs. So that's my rant. She's being denied support. There's probably areas of support that they don't even know that she needs support in. And they could all have this for free. There's literally no excuse for not providing this to her. There's no excuse. Because they could also provide those services to her independently of a school, professionally. They could go to a private speech pathologist. They could go to a private OT. And it's expensive. But making a million dollars a year off of doTERRA, then I don't really feel bad for you. So it's just ignorance. It's pure ignorance in the name of I'm unschooling. Being an influencer. This is this is a, a common thing along, among influencers, especially traveling families. Obviously, you can't travel everywhere all the time if your kids are in school. So what's the easiest way to get what you want? It's cut ties with school. So, But there's also that. no excuse for that because I had families who moved around all the time and I would have their kids for yeah. two weeks a month. They'd come back another two weeks, come back another month, and it's disjointed and it sucks. But when they're there, I'm still providing that evidence-based and implementing support and accommodations and resources while they're there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still beneficial. <laughs> and and even with, with families who travel all the time, there's a, there's a family who lives in our neighborhood that does van life shit on Instagram. I don't know if they do monetizing or anything. They don't really make their kids the center of it. It's more the travel. So I'm a little more okay with that, but that's beside the point. They live in our neighborhood, their kids go to school, and they do van life shit all the time. Your kids <laughs> have three months off in the summer. Yeah. But then you won't have content, and you won't be able to exploit them so as much. So I, I guess, really, when I look at it that way, it makes sense. So... And the frightening thing about this is because they have so many subscribers, so many people who follow them on social media platforms, and they have this whole saver complex about everything they're doing for this child, other people are watching that. And other people are like, oh, maybe I should do unschooling with my child that has a disability. There are few and far between cases when I would say that's appropriate. Yeah. And those cases would probably involve outside services that are being paid for. Absolutely. So, the vast majority of people, this isn't going to work for and shouldn't work for. It's not, like, it makes, it pains me inside. When I have parents that pull their kids out of public school and they deny, they have to sign a paper saying they deny all the services that were being provided when we're providing extensive amounts of services and accommodations, it pains me inside because one parent simply does not have the education or wherewithal to provide all of those things. You can't be five people. Don't five do this. Five professional people who all got degrees in specialized fields. Especially like we're talking, I don't have a master's degree in special education, but OTs have to have a master's degree. Speech pathologists have to have a master's degree. So we're talking about highly educated people that are providing these services, not to mention if she needed more intense services like physical therapy, like there could be a need for that. Are we assessing for things like vision and hearing loss? Like there's a whole. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> essential oils Extra. can't help if your kid can't hear. Or see. Yeah. Do you know sign language? <laughs> so. Can you teach how to read Braille? <laughs> this is I, my only argument here that I will make in favor of these people is that they're the only people who know her as well as anybody else, like your parents. Like, there's nobody who knows our child better than we do. However, that doesn't give you the excuse to disregard any professional advice or counsel that you're not competent in. That's just it. Yeah. Knowing your child makes you a parent. Disregarding advice that's beneficial. 
That just makes you stupid. That's not it. That's not it. So there we go. Special education rant from Jordan over. <laughs> yep. That might have uh, stirred up some emotions in some of you. So we're willing to accept that. But this is definitely a hill we're going to die on. I stand by what I said. Yeah. Jordan's a special ed teacher. And if our son has any sort of like severe disability or anything like that, we would not homeschool him. I fiercely uh, no advocated way. for my students. Fiercely. One time she almost got fired over it because she, the school district thought she was overstepping in advocating for the student. Because I was so passionate that this child wasn't getting the services that they needed. I was going to be the biggest pain in the ass until they provided those services. So I fiercely (laughs) advocate for my students. And so this is an area that just neglecting this and not providing services, especially when brains are still developing and they're so young and early intervention makes all of the difference and you're not doing those things. It's, there are consequences. There are going to be long-term consequences for this. And you might be looking back on this in 20 years going, I wish we would have done something different because it is much harder to teach these things when the brain is not as malleable as it is when kids are young. And that goes for all kids. So yeah, there you go. For sure. So while Jordan was uh, researching that, I was diving in on, they have a Twitter account. Oof. You can see, uh, and people will say, oh, well, everything you put on Twitter is not like a tacit endorsement of whatever, but I think it's a pretty good uh, it on the show of what people actually think because there's so much less of a filter on Twitter than any other social media because it's basically just a way to scream into the void. That's how I use it, at least. Um, I found a couple concerning things on their Twitter. So if all of that shit wasn't enough to say, mm, maybe these people are not the role model that they try to be. Um, here's a couple things in case you were just need a little extra nudge in the right direction here. Um, here's the first tweet. This was a retweet f- from back in February of uh, the video is of a guy who's in extreme cold and he puts a mask on and shows, wow, the gases are going somewhere because I don't understand how gases work. Obviously it's not going to trap the fucking uh, air that you breathe in the mask. So obviously this is a way, this is just a show of obedience. As you can see here in this retweet, there's a little North and South thing. This is just a, a little thing on my phone. I, I just took a screenshot. So, anti-mask sentiment here. Anti-mask sentiment. They may have changed their tune since... They might. But here's the thing. But it's it was up there. They thought that. They wear masks in public, presumably, because on their most recent video, when their son came home from his mission, they in were the wearing masks in the airport. However... It's an airport. <laughs> little tidbit of information surrounding Down syndrome. Down syndrome people are four times more likely to be hospitalized if they have COVID and ten times more likely to die. If they get COVID. But let's travel around the world. And anti-mask. And potentially anti-vax. So. Wasn't a fan. Not not for me. Um, Oh, another great retweet. Uh, All your feelings are valid is a trendy phrase that sounds good, but is a lie. All of your feelings are real. Not all your feelings are valid. That's the biggest dumbass take I've ever heard in my life. All your feelings are valid. So, yeah. your <laughs> story. I don't know what point she's trying yeah, to make there. I don't know who this dummy is. She definitely d- is not a mental health professional because that kind of sentiment um, just makes people suppress further their emotions. So, good job. Great Retweeted job. by Norp and South. Um, here was uh, one that was slightly concerning and easily could be argued away with, oh, it's just a joke. Um, here's a tweet. They said, oh, support the poor boys back in d- October of last year. I was like, what's this about? Obviously, red flag with, uh, quote, tweeting the Daily Wire, Mr. Ben Shabibo's little outlet. Um, and then I was like, okay, what's the poor boys? I look up, here's the article. Biden actually accidentally called 
the racist proud boys, poor boys, and people responded perfectly. That's not how I would have considered it. So replace that with the Proud Boys. Support the Proud Boys. Support the Proud Boys. If you don't know what the Proud mm. Boys are, they are a racist, white nationalist, all right organization. So good job on that one. That's a major red flag. Yeah, that's a problem. So I don't care if that's a joke or not. That's a problem. Okay, that, that from there, um, basically last year was when they started like retweeting shit. Before that, it was just they would tweet their video. So I don't know why you would follow that if you could just subscribe on YouTube. Um, I took a look at the likes. Ben Shapiro things. Andrew Yang. A lot of stuff from the church, the Mormon church. This one caught my eye. I don't know if they've set, made any comments on um, supporting the LGBTQ plus community or anything of that nature. Um, this one from my all-time loathed uh, Daily Wire guy, Matt Walsh. They liked this tweet, so seems like they kind of agree with him. Since I, uh, since hashtag I am non-binary is trending, now is a good time to remind you that there are only males and females in the world. There are no other human sexes, just two. That's called a binary system. You are not non-binary. Nobody is. First of all... Intersex erasure, first of all. Yes. Um, Mr. Matt Walsh does not understand the difference between sex and gender. Gender, there is not binary. There are many genders that anybody can identify as. Sex is also not binary. It is bimodal. It is a spectrum of expression. So there isn't. Tell me you don't understand science without telling me. So it sounds like they don't uh, support people who are non-binary or and aren't educated on intersex people yeah. and how. People don't understand how common being intersex is. There are as many intersex people in the world as there are redheads. Think about that yeah. for a moment. So, don't like that kind of um, accepting of that stupidity. Su- stupidity. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Here's another one that makes me believe that maybe they uh, pick and choose what exactly their kids are learning. Homeschool perks if you realize that you're, uh, that a textbook promotes content that's contrary to your family's values. There's no need for writing letters, starting petitions, or speaking at school board meetings. Just toss it and choose something better. It's really that simple. This is kind of along the same lines of the, oh, well, you should present both viewpoints, especially on controversial issues like the Holocaust. There is not two viewpoints on the Holocaust. That was in the news recently. Somebody, a teacher was arguing that both viewpoints needed to be argued. The Holocaust and the... What? Let me guess. What are you doing? (laughs) The teacher probably has a big issue with (laughs) anti-fascism. Okay. uh, What was I looking at here? Oh, some uh, another favorite of a tweet where somebody has a problem with the notion that um, two women can have sex and get pregnant because a woman is not always cisgender. They just cannot understand that. Um, so, furthermore, on the LGBTQ plus point that they probably don't support you if you belong to that community. Which so. is pretty typical of most active mormons not all most yep these are talking points that are are pretty common of true believing non-progressive and they are actively they're actively mormon their one son just got home from a mission the other son is on a mission i've heard whisperings that the oldest daughter is considering going on a mission so they are actively mormon they have a link to the church on their website they've done videos that included missionaries um so mormonism is an active part of their channel yeah for sure on their website they have a place where you can request a copy of the book of mormon so they are definitely in it and i'll i'll come to the point now again somebody was trying to argue me with me on this they're like you need to present 
hard ev- there's not like a memo from the church that says yes we love family vloggers and all family vloggers that are mormon should push the church why would they do that uh, of course they're gonna love the attention that these family vloggers get aside from some of the things that we've pointed out here because in the end a lot of you have said they look like they have it all put together which they do they have nine kids their life is hectic and somehow those kids don't die so so in my book if your kids are all alive you've got it together but mormons do a really really good job of veneer maintaining the perfect family appearance to the outside world and that doesn't even just apply to family vloggers that's mormons in general yeah mormons thrive off of presenting that they're this perfect everybody is great all my sons go on missions i was a bishop we all have callings You know, that's the kind of image that they want to present to the world. So that's not unique to family vloggers, but Mormons are proficient at doing that. So they're always pushing the, these organic, uh, advertising campaigns and they don't even have to pay these people. It's yeah. Google does. (laughs) They do it for free. Yeah. They they don't even have to put ads. Uh, The Mormon church doesn't have to put ads on their video because it's already there. They have to pay to put ads on our videos. The Mormon church puts ads on our videos, which is just yes. Keep doing it. Go go Keep ahead. Keep wasting your money. Waste those faithful tithes of the members who thought that that money was going to build a temple. Love good to see job. It. You did great. Love that journey for you. So, in summation, <laughs> this was a disaster. Yes, yeah, this is this is deeper than just um, exploiting your child's stories, which they're also doing. Mm-hmm. So stop that. Don't share your kids' yeah. stories. They might not want it to be shared. Period. And, and they've done solo trips, places where they've left uh, the older kids to watch the other kids. So that there's that. By themselves. If, if your travel vlog is that good, you can just do that. You don't have to include your kids. But if you are really dependent on your kids being in the videos for your channel to survive, maybe you're not that interesting. I'm that sorry. That means you're exploiting your kids. So... If you can't cut them out of the picture and still keep going, the whole thing is based on exploiting your children. So that's just the truth of it. Sorry. If they're watching this, <laughs> we're pretty passionate about this. And we're not the only one. There's plenty yeah. of people on YouTube who expose yeah. family bloggers. How you guys haven't been called out yet, I don't know. I don't know but how it hasn't happened. We're starting the train. So I hope other people cover yeah. you. So, if you take offense to this... I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you are the ones who opened the door. We just walked in. So... Don't put your videos on the internet, then. Yeah. It's easy. Delete your channel. That easy. Or retweet stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. With your account. Like, this isn't even, like, a incognito account. Like, this is literally... Your this, name's yeah. all over this it. And it's your, your picture account. of your family on, like... Guys, yeah. come on. So I, I don't know which one of you runs that, but it sounds like both of you agree to it if somebody's uh putting that on the public. So do we have any So yeah, there it is. So there's our, our summary of Norp and South. I'm sure there's more controversial things that we yeah. didn't even touch on. There's some other people that have messaged me sharing there's some inappropriate thing like kind of abusive things going on between the kids, like being more ruthless and physical with each other than needed. We didn't even touch on the fact that a 12 year old is sharing with down syndrome is sharing a bedroom with a child of the opposite gender who is much younger than her. Um, This kind of goes back to infantilizing people with disabilities. She is going to be going through puberty just like any other regular person would. And I'm not implying anything, but typically when social workers, like as an example, when social workers place a kid, they won't allow it to happen if there's, if the only room is in the room with a child of the opposite gender, they won't do it. Yeah. Cause it's not appropriate. So don't do that. Yeah. That's weird. We, we just kind of glossed over those things, but... Uh, Still issues. Yeah, the, the car, the deck is stacked yeah. uh, against Take your family. pick. So, um, honestly, and, and we're going to talk about other ones more in depth. This one really struck a chord with us because of the nature of who Jordan is and what I grew up around and everything like that. So, yeah. 
where uh, we'll be moving on to something else. More influencers. More influencers. We'll probably do um, Instagrammers next. Maybe we'll start looking at the rich, rich. The rich, rich. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned. Um, if you had anything else to add that you maybe think that we missed out on that really needed to be talked about, throw it, throw in, it the in the comments. If it's important enough, we'll pin it to the top so that everybody sees it. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for your support. If you stuck around, thanks for listening. Um, if you hated it and you want to unsubscribe, that's fine. If you loved it and you haven't subscribed yet, there's a lot of you. See you. See you. Um, hit, hit that the red button. button. Yeah, and you can see more of this. Um, but other than that, follow us on uh, our Instagram and TikTok. You can find us at Jordan and McKay. If you want to support us, you can hit up the Patreon. I painted my nails for our patron, our top tier patron Zoom call. So uh, if you would like to be uh, included in the antics, uh, check out our Patreon. Uh, I have a sample t-shirt from our print-on-demand place coming. It's on the delivery car right now. So very soon you will hear about what's going on with that. And uh, that sums it up. That sums it up. So uh, thank you for watching and we will see you next time.